Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a graduate of a non-business discipline and would like to pursue a level 9 in business? ATU Donegal are currently offering their Masters in Business Management Conversion Programme. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is the founder and owner of the Milk Bar and Carrigan's, Shannon Porter. Shannon's family owns a large dairy farm with around 450 cows and 200 ewes on 800 acres. She graduated with an honours degree in agriculture in 2021 and a few months later she opened Donegal's first milk bar after an investment of around €100,000. Shannon also has a full-time job with Smith's Dealside as a sales representative for Animal Feed. Shannon, you are very welcome to Business Matters. Thank you very much. Appreciate to be on it. Shannon, farming has been a big part of your life and uh, you've ended up making it part of your working life now. Yes, definitely. Um, as I always say, farming is sort of in our blood. Um, my dad is from a dairy farm as well as my mum. Uh, dad's, dad's originally from Castle Finn, which uh, was known as Milburn Dairies back in the day. And mum is originally from uh, Manor, uh, known as one of the tinnies. So... Um, can you take me back maybe to your earliest memories of working here on the farm first, Shannon? Um, I just remember like any excuse to get out that door, we were away. Um, you might have been out in your pyjamas and you had the wellies on and dad threw you into the jeep and you went looking around cattle around the field and <laughs> any opportunity, you were out there. Um, and I think it was great to be start us so young. Like I know it's a big issue and it's brought up nowadays is health and safety farm safety but it makes us realize how much we appreciate it when you're brought out so young and you see where your product's coming from and you've such good memories of being out there and you might be covered in poo from head to toe but who cared like that was what life was and that's what we loved and you were the oldest of three children is that right yes i'm the oldest and i have two younger brothers um below me then so after secondary school, you decided to pursue your studies in the agricultural sector? Yes, I, um, after I did my leave insert, I headed off to Harper Adams University. Now, I had my heart set there and that's where I wanted to go. Now, I didn't get the grades that I needed to get into Harper Adams. Uh, I did have UCD for agriculture, but I just didn't want to go there. And I fought and fought and... My mum fought for me and my school fought for me and I got into a lower degree, extended, extended foundation degree in Harper Adams and I had to prove Harper Adams uh, in that one year that I could get into the degree I wanted to get into. So I had to get a distinction in that year to be able to get into my BSE honours degree in our culture and I proved them wrong or proved them right and I got into that course. So I had an extra year to do at Harper Adams and then I got into my four years there and I had a full year out on placement. So you were, you were fairly highly driven even at that stage? Oh yes. It, like When you have your heart set in somewhere and you just push and push. Like, and it's, I, it, I am one of those people, I suppose, to prove those Leaving Cert students who's going to be getting their grades. If you don't get what you want, you can get there some way or another. Uh, what was the appeal around Harper Adams? It was very much like home from home. 
Um, it was right in the countryside. Um, like you're, we're in the Midlands in England, and like we're no big cities, big party life like that. You're right in the middle of the countryside, and you're on a farm. I loved that there, you had a full year work, uh, year work replacement. Um, so that's very, very beneficial for looking for jobs uh, after you've graduated. And they had such great statistics of like people getting jobs. So I think they had the statistics of like 98% of people get jobs straight away after they've graduated from Harper Adams. So it just, I don't know, it was very appealed from, from day one. And Shannon, what was your ambition in terms of a job or a career when you started university? What was the end goal at that point? <sighs> haven't got there yet i've always wanted to be an advisory i wanted to advise farmers how to farm kind of way and that's what i've always sort of wanted to do um but then my paths have changed that way but like i still believe i still sort of do that like because i work with smith steel side in balandry there selling meal to farmers you're still advising farmers like what's the best meal and they'll come to you with problems and you're trying to solve those out and as well like with the milk bar like I sort of educate young kids so that advisory education still comes and play a wee bit um so no and I do have farmers come to me and about diversification and I've got into do talks uh to students and farmers about diversifying so like it is coming into play I didn't get the exact job that I wanted but I still have been able to do it in other ways and during your uh, time at college, you went to New Zealand for three months, is that right? Yes, um, that was just a random, that wasn't even my work a year out. I just decided I want to head off to New Zealand, so I finished up in college that June, and I headed off for my summer holidays, and now it wasn't a holiday, it was a working holiday, so um, I went out to New Zealand in June and came back at the end of September to go back to my degree and I worked on a 900 dairy cows farm and we calved about 900 cows within those three months. So it was a high intensity of farming. And compared to what life is like on your own farm here at home, what was the big difference? Scale. Scale's massive. Now, I don't say we do much different. Um, we, we have a very more, we're very much a New Zealand type farming here uh, would be a grass-based system, which is like New Zealand, but the scale, the intensity. But then, like, here we don't know when to stop farming. Like, you don't finish at 6 o'clock here at home. Like, you could be out at all hours of night and calving cows. We could be, we go up and check the cows. We make sure that she's okay. We're in New Zealand. You finish at 6 o'clock and you're out that door. And whatever cows, during the night, they have to look after themselves. Which is the better way? Uh, I don't know. Like in New Zealand, you probably have a lot more losses, but they probably have a better social life compared to ourselves here at home. But it's just a different type of farming altogether. Um, I say we look after our animals so much better here in Ireland compared to you would in New Zealand. That's my honest God's truth. And another placement took you to a company in Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland, yeah. I worked with like two companies. I worked for... Premier Attrition, who was sort of the company that hired me, but I worked over here in Northern Ireland uh, along with Lakeland Dairies. Uh, so I was out with, I had about 60 farms to cover that whole year. So oh, I. Sorry, Shane, what was your role there at that stage? I was a transition management scoring assessor. So I had to look after those cows three weeks before Cavan and three weeks after Cavan, which is known as the transition period. So I was body condition score, rumen full uh, scoring looking at lameness, so it's like 
making sure that that cow calves down right so she has no issues like such as milk fever retained centers like because all of those issues reduces milk production which will ruin her for the that whole cycle for that whole 30 days that she is on milk so we're trying that there is the most important period of that cow is that transition period so i had 60 farms in that northern ireland to cover it every month so i was literally driving from the whole way to county down down here near home straban direction the whole way to oma like i was all over northern ireland so it was a lot of driving did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. And I believe I learned so much in that year. It really, really was. It was very good. And you made so many good contacts. Like a lot of those farmers that I met in that year, I still be very, very friendly with them. Um, and they've, they're such good contacts to have. Because like some of them are coming into play now with Smiths. Like you're sort of working with them. You still chat away to them. Now I might be making sales with them now with meal, which is absolutely fantastic. So it's all about contacts. And how big a part does science and technology and research play now in the life of farming? Oh, mental. Um, There was a Chagas Moor Park thing down there in Cork there this week. And it was all about uh, sustainability for the future. Okay, so farming is changing drastically. As Daddy would say, back when he started in the 1990s farming or whatever, a lot has changed from then. Uh, So much like back then you just farmed. Now farming like there's so many rules regulations going in place um so technology's massive there's so much new technology out there but we invested in collars for our cows so every cow has like a necklace so that collar um helps us detect if cows are in heat and helps us if any cows are sick it like it all sends messages to our phone that x y and z cow she's in heat or x y and z cow has a high temperature and they're all in a pen after they've milked so that like gets us to look at cows straight away. So like health issues are reduced. Like uh, like we wouldn't have many health issues now as they're seen so quickly. And our heat detection is unbelievable now. So like we would, um, so heat detection would be known as like when cows are coming in heat, which a bull would got her AI semination to put her into calf for that year. So like, in years past, we could have an empty rate of cows. So we have like 400 cows, 15% of them or 18% of them could have been empty. So like since we put the collars in, our empty rate has reduced to like 7%. So like that helps us reduce costs drastically, which uh, and more cows are in calf, which means more milk in our tank. So like that's more all about sustainability, that you're not feeding this cow for that whole year and her not going back into calf. We are sitting in the milk bar in Kerrigan's. Uh, it's an open plan. Can you describe the structure to our listeners, Shannon? It's, um, as I would call, it's just like a log cabin. Um, put in the middle of nowhere into the countryside and you have beautiful views to see of Donegal. Um, and we have tables, picnic tables outside and tables inside with the big windows that you can literally enjoy your ice cream or milkshake and sit out and look at the beautiful views of Donegal we have. And can you talk to me about the machinery to my left? Yes, so we have vending machines in this room as well. So we have two vending machines. We have a bottle vending machine and we have a milk vending machine, okay? So people uh, have can buy this bottle or they can bring their own container. It doesn't matter. Um, so basically, if you buy your bottle once, that is your bottle to keep, okay? So you come back each time with that bottle. So you basically then go with that bottle, you go to the milk vending machine. So you basically place the bottle into the vending machine 
and you can pay by contact contactless card payments or coins. And you basically you have two options: you have a liter or five hundred mil. And once you press the button, your milk dispenses out. Okay, so you basically can go home with that bottle, or you can add like a flavor into it. So we have different flavors like vanilla, strawberry, chocolate, banana, um, to make like a milkshake flavor. And then once you take that bottle home or enjoy it here at the milk bar, you come back the next time with your bottle cleaned, and all you have to pay for is a refill. Then can you take me back to the light bulb moment? And the day you decided that you're going to sort of push the button and make what is here now a reality? To be honest, I actually don't know when that moment was. It's really, really hard to think, why did I decide to do this? I don't know. I was, I had my last year at Harper Adams and we had that whole drama of COVID and I packed up and ran home. I didn't want to be in a lockdown over there and I decided I went, got onto a boat and I came home and I was like, to mom and dad I was like do you know what I don't really want to come home home because there's going to be far too many distractions because you're farming dad mum walks in and out like the farm the house is never empty there's always somebody in and I was like there's going to be far too many distractions at home so I ran down to our holiday home we have a holiday home down there in Marble Hill near Dunfanaghy and I packed up and moved down there and I don't know if you probably do get a bit lonely you've not many people to talk to because of covid and there's literally probably nobody down that direction like because you're in down there at the winter time like so it's not busy so you're just busy like you're studying all day you get tired fed up you just go for walks you walk the beach and i just like one day was just like what am i going to do after all this and i think because of the whole covid situation uh things were going locked down things need to be Things that maybe self-service, like, you know, you could got away with um, not having to employ anybody during COVID and all that kind of drama. So I just thought, you know, maybe a milk vending machine was the bee's knees back then. And I thought it was a great thing to bring to Donegal. Like, there's nothing like that here. Um, now, it was a big thing over in England. So that's probably where I've seen all the ideas. And a lot of it's on social media. And I just kept following more and more accounts, accounts that had it. And I was like... Because it's over in England and Wales and all over there, I was like, this is a perfect thing to bring back here to Ireland because nobody else has it. And I just thought, right, this is it. And I just said to mum and dad, what about it? And we've always talked about it for years, but we never put it in place because I was always away. I was away for five years, so there's nobody at home to actually manage it. So because it was my last year at uni, I thought, right, this is the perfect time. I'm going to be home now and I can do it. So um, I think we made a decision in February and we had to discuss with the Department of Agriculture. We had to get quotes. We had a fine company that sold this because of the whole situation of Brexit. So we couldn't really buy anything from over in England. And we're so lucky that somebody started the as being like a sole trader or whatever, selling these equipment in Ireland. So like we jumped to that because we have no customs to pay. And I think from February, we were open in September. Shannon, there was a lot of preparation before you opened the doors here and got going in September. Oh, yeah, because like the Department of Agriculture, like there's a lot, a lot involved with that. Like there's your, your HACCP to do. Because um, it was so new, they were trying to persuade you, like push you out of it, like not to do it. They're like, no, 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 don't be doing this. It doesn't work. Don't do this. And I just told them, I was like, I want to do this. And this is what I'm doing. And then once you've told them that, they backtrack and write, right, right, you have to do this, you have to do that. But they try to push you out of it. And what was their uh, reasoning for maybe t- to try and uh, dissuade you not to go ahead? They just don't think nobody's going to come to you. 
they just don't think with all the big costs you spend, like, is people going to come out to you? There's so much paperwork involved. There's so much testing, like taking your milk to the labs to make sure you passed all the tests. Like, there's just hygiene. There's just so many things possibly could go wrong. Like, they really didn't want you to do raw milk because raw milk, there's such health risk with it for like anybody who took it they could be really really sick and then that comes back on you so they really pushed to do pasteurization um so like we did go down that route but our milk isn't like it is pasteurized but it's not pasteurized to the to the extent of supermarket milk so our milk's not homogenized or nor standardized so you've back to like that old day of the back with the glass bottles and the natural layer of cream on the top like the oldies will remember what that milk was like and that's that's what real milk is like nobody nowadays these young ones they don't know what proper milk should be tasting like unless supermarket milk is not what it should be like they've watered it down they've took away the best stuff out of that milk like they take away that cream because that cream is the most expensive part to them they can sell that on so they're not giving you what real milk should t- taste like and they take they only add in the bare minimum that they have to so like our milk bar milk it is the real deal like there's nothing taken away nothing added and there's a strong tradition of milk suppliers in your family going back that's what I was saying yeah back um, I don't even know the proper dates um, Melbourne Dairies and Castle Finn that was my great granny great granda who set that up and now her children did take it on but then that was the thing again the Department of Agriculture got so strict on them um, there's so much new regulation coming back coming out at those times and they would have had to change a lot of equipment and everything to get up to scratch so they just called it a day but Milburn, or Milburn Dairies is still going on the name's still out there but it's not coming from Castlefin itself Donegal Creamery's bought over the name because they were so well known back in the day especially in that Castlefin area because when I was first setting up and mom was like, oh, why don't you call yourself Mulburn Dairies? And I was like, no, like, I want to set, start my own name up. Like, I want to be known as me, Shannon, not... Like, it's great to have my family behind me and be known as a porter or a tinny. Like, it's fantastic. But I want to make my own stamp. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm Shannon Porter and this is what I've done. So... Just going back to the conversation that you had had with your parents uh, back in March or April 2021. What was their reaction? Um, mom was like, yes, come on. Mom's a great supporter. Dad's like, uh, no. Um, he was so scared and everything. But I took him around to places, showed him things, took, like, there was quite a few around Northern Ireland at the time. So, like, we literally just did a day trip and we just went and maybe seen five vending machines. We spoke to the owners. And once Dad seen that, he was like, okay, this maybe can work. But then he was, like, so scared that, you know, this sh- maybe we shouldn't have it here in the home farm he was like oh, people aren't going to come because we are in the middle of nowhere we like between newtons and johnson like we are in the countryside of it so he was very very concerned that people wouldn't come he thought maybe we should have it in Letterkenny town or into Derry city you know you'll have such a, a better people moving about there that could stop and get it but i was like daddy i want people to see where their product comes from okay so like i had people drive up the road the cows are crossing the road to come into the parlor you know, and I'm able to do school trips. I'm able to do events like Easter events, and that's I wouldn't be able to do that if it was in Letterkenny Town. I would like nobody. They don't actually get to see where the product's coming from, and they wouldn't get the full understanding of how good this milk is. And oh my goodness, it's just from those cows there. Like, and those cows are so well looked after. And you know what I mean? Like, so that's why I persuaded them. I wanted to happen here, and and having it school trips. Like these teachers think it's amazing. You know to. It's 
not just all in the textbook. Like, I am dyslexic, um, wasn't a bright girl at school, and I wouldn't have been one of those girls who could sit and read a textbook all day and be able to get all of, um, take it in and be the person to get A plus exams 100% all the time but I was more of a visual learner okay so I would rather see pictures see things in person that's how I remembered better and I find like those kids that do come out and they're doing their leave and search our culture ag science and you're taking them around the farm and you're actually showing them a cow being born okay you're actually showing them right okay once that calf's born what do we do right we uh give that calf four liters classroom and I just we talk about why claustrum is so important because of the antibodies to be able to fight infection. Like we ear tag it, we iodine dip. Like that's all in the textbook. But actually seeing it in person helps those kids like myself to visually learn and remember it so much better when you're actually sitting in that exam. That's my opinion anyway. So going back to your decision to start, get the support, a big investment I'm sure was needed after that, Shannon. Oh, it was like... I say equipment alone was 60000 Um, Then you had your buildings and all to put on. Um, and there was a lot of hidden costs that maybe I didn't calculate or didn't know at the time. Was there any one that really caught you by surprise? <laughs> the testing. Sending it, I sent up my milk all up to Akalab, up in Killy Beggs. Uh, they're great service, whatever, but that was a big hidden cost. Like the ones in Northern Ireland and England and all, they don't have, their regulations are completely different to mine. And because I was sort of one of the newbies in Ireland, we didn't know the regulations. I had nobody to talk to in Ireland about it. So like the information I was taking from the North, that was only half the fry what I would had to do. Um, so the regulation was so much different. And because I had so much more testing to do and the equipment, I have my own testing to do it here at home. Um, so it's only like monthly or three months. Every three months, I have to go back to lab and kill bags. But here at home, I have to do my own testing. So I have to do every pasteurization. I have to do my own antibiotic test and an alkaline phosphate test. You know, prove that the milk is pasteurized. So like buying that equipment and buying the products to use for those testings, that was a massive hidden cost that I wasn't prepared for. So there's a lot of monitoring involved as well. Oh yes, there's and paperwork <laughs> and paperwork. There's so much paperwork and so much monitoring and oh. That's just a smaller level, all that stuff. <laughs> what was the reaction uh, during your first day or your first week? It was mental, okay? So when I was first uh, setting this place up, Dad had that car park half the size, okay? And I was like, Daddy, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're giving me the field. Like, why don't you just keep going on down there? He's like, Shannon, that's going to look bad, you know? People parking and there's only one car in the car park or nobody, so they're going to think this is not busy at all. Well, I can tell you now, see, that first week... That car park was full to the rim. People were parking the whole way down the bottom of the road. I was like, where are these people coming from? And there we'll take a break. Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a graduate of a non-business discipline and would like to pursue a level nine in business? ATU Donegal are currently offering their Masters in Business Management Conversion Programme. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break, Shannon was recalling the first days of business at the Milk Bar in September 2021. Like, uh, we were just gobsmacked and we could not get the milk out quick enough. We couldn't get the bottles, the machines filled up quick enough. There were people queuing for over an hour out there just for milk and milkshakes. Like, it was unbelievable. How did that feel? <laughs> I think it was just a shock. I couldn't speak or couldn't... 
I didn't know what to say. Like it was, and I felt so bad. I was like, "Oh God, guys, I'm so sorry for you for standing there queuing, waiting for this length of time. Like, wasn't prepared for this at all. Do you know what I mean? You just, I think, because COVID lifted, the restrictions lifted, everybody was out, and everybody was so desperate just to do something and get out of the house. So we were so lucky to open at the time we probably did. Um, I was still busy, and see on a Saturday and Sunday that car park still full to the rim. So like, it's great. Like, I'm glad I put that size of car park in when I did. And we did, um, like, the events we have here. Like, we we would hold an Easter event. So, let's, it's basically an open farm. Like, everybody can get around and see the farm. And then we do Easter egg hunts and all that kind of crack back then. But then we had like, our first birthday, like, an anniversary for opening back on the 24th of September. And it was just another day. Like, we had to open the fields. Thank God the weather was good enough conditions that we were able to put people into the fields next, uh, just down the road here, too, for for an extra car parking space. Like, it was just amazing. In relation to the add-ons and school tours and the educational side, was that something that kind of happened by accident or was it by design in your own mind? Um, I suppose it sort of happened by accident. And I um, wasn't prepared for it because um, we don't really want people to be walking around the farm because of farm safety. Like, there's so many moving tractors and, like, we have such young staff at the same time. Like, so... Farm safety is very, very important. And that's why we sort of set the milk bar in front of the farm. The people can't really see the farm. But, like, you do see the sheds and all in front or behind us. But um, I think somebody, a teacher, texted me one day saying, um, any chance you do school trips? And I was just like, oh, um, I suppose we could, yeah. And then I suppose you put one picture up on social media and then just, boom, all the teachers then are looking to get it done. And I don't know about the... At the events, I suppose, we did the first event was the Easter event and I suppose everybody wanted to go and look around the farm. They kept asking, can we go and see the cows? Can we go and see the cows? And then I just assumed, like, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity um, maybe to see springtime is so is the best time to us to show people around because we have sheep. So you have sheep lamb and so you have baby lambs and then you have the cows and you have all the baby calves um, and everything sort of indoors at that time. So they're all the animals are about that you can see it's like in the summertime all our animals are outside so it's just impossible to show people around in the summertime because everything's just so far away um so that's why springtime is most important like the easiest time to be sh- showing around people around shannon you mentioned your work with smith steel side how do you combine looking after your business with a busy job like that no social life <laughs> uh i suppose being a dairy farmer's daughter um I'm used to the early mornings, so you do get up at half four, five o'clock in the morning, you get all this job done and be out delivering from maybe seven o'clock in the morning and you're able to start work then at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, then you literally finish up work at five o'clock, you'd be out there then pasteurizing milk at night or you're cleaning up. Like You just have to work two jobs at a time and you just work it, you have to pencil it in, so that's why you have to get up early in the morning or you have to work it early in the, or late in the evening. But, like, that's the joys of it being self-service. Like, I don't have anybody standing here all day and you're not paying somebody. You don't have that cost. So that's the enjoyment of being at self-service that I don't have to be sitting here all day. So that's where I just have to work in the morning and work in the evening. So that's where I'm so lucky that way. And how busy and how big is the farm that your family own? It's, uh, it's growing very big. Like, Dad started back in the 1990s with only 30 cows. 
uh, he bought this farm when he was 20 years old because he's originally from Castle Finn. This farm came up for sale and he bought this when he was 20. And started with off about maybe 30 cows. Um, we have grown to maybe 400, 450 cows. But like we actually keep all our young stock. So we have an out farm and all our young stock. So we've, we keep everything for beef and then replacement heifers. So we could well over a thousand stock altogether, and then we have sheep as well. Um, so we're probably about two hundred Jews as well. So it's a busy old spot. <laughs> In relation to supply, there's not going to be a problem with supply. Of no, milk. definitely not. Definitely not. Um, no shortage of milk. Um, now we sell the rest of our milk now to Donegal Creameries, uh, which is actually known as Revivo now, actually. Um, but, you know, we never know someday I could get the same amount. But I, I always sort of say, joke to dad, you know, I just love 50 cows for myself just to run the milk bar. Um, so you don't know. Um, but my brother's, one brother's now is came fully home now. He's been traveling. He's been working on England, uh, farms in England and he's been in New Zealand. So he's just sort of home now for good now. Um, and my other brother, he's heading off to New Zealand now in August. So I suppose once we're all home, we the farm probably grow more, or we split up, um, run our own places. So I don't know what the plan is action is at the moment, but Dad's at the stage that times he's done. Dad had a very bad accident years ago, so he's just in a lot of pain since then. So um, he's ready for us to come home. <laughs> Shannon, you were a finalist in Blasna here in twenty twenty two. Uh, yeah, so I was very, I couldn't believe it for being first year in milk. I thought, you know what, why don't I enter into the Blast and the Heron? And I was, couldn't believe it. I was actually a finalist. Now, I didn't get placed anywhere, but still, it was such an honour to be a finalist. Now, I have entered in this year as well. Uh, I've entered in this year again, and I've also entered uh, ice cream as well. So, I've entered uh, four of the flavours into the Blast and the Heron this year as well. So, I've entered my milk and four flavours of ice cream. So, fingers crossed, once August comes, we will... Uh, hear something back. <laughs> what is the most popular product here in the milk bar, Shannon? Uh, well, we just started the ice cream there in Easter time, which has been a massive big hit. Um, but like I still say the milk would be one of the best. Like I have such your regulars come every week now to get their weekly supply of milk for like their cereal and the cups of tea. Um, but yes, no, everybody's loving ice cream here at the moment too. You made a conscious decision to go glass. Yes. It's all about sustainability. The, everybody is moving to be more sustainable. Um, and there's nothing worse than throwing plastic milk bottles, uh, cartons into the bin all the time. And like, if you do go through some of the coffee shops, you do see the bin. And all it is, it's just plastic containers of milk. And that's where a lot of my coffee shops that I've been starting to supply milk to are wanting to be move, move more sustainable. So like I have a lot of, I've took on a lot of coffee shops there recently and we're, there's no plastic, your glass bottles or your reusable milk churns and they're loving to becoming more sustainable for the environment and also they're loving my milk um, because it frosts so much better, okay, so because we have more cream in our milk, it frosts so much better for their lattes and coffees and so on. And there's a certain nostalgia about glass bottles? That's it and they're prettier. Um, Now we would... Back in the day, we before I started up the milk bar, we would just took raw milk from the bulk tank, and we would just went with the jug, and you just filled it up, and you threw it into the fridge. Um, but we noticed, you know, you probably actually got a taint of whatever was in the fridge, tainted the milk. So when we started getting the glass bottles, we're like, geez, our milk tastes so much better. And we find a lot of people, my customers, would actually say, if you don't have that taste of plastic, 
So with that glass bottle, your milk taste is so much fresher. It's it, There's such a difference in taste uh, with being back into the glass bottles as well. Shannon, you were a judge in the Donegal Young Enterprise Awards recently. Yes, I was um, for the TY students for their many companies. Um, it was such an honour to be actually asked. Shannon, were you impressed with the quality of uh, students? Uh, the talent there was unbelievable. I uh, was very, very impressed of the businesses that they have set up and like the teamwork, the teamwork skills, really, really good. And the communication, how those students could talk about their business was amazing. I was very, very impressed. And that's what it's all about, being able to talk, 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 talk. And I was very, very impressed of the talent that was there that day. Shannon, you're almost two years opened What's the best lesson that you've learned over those last couple of years? Um, juggling time. Um, you know, things always don't go right the same at when you plan to. Um, you could be going so well and then you have a hurdle to jump. Um, I think that's what's in every business. Um, so I just, I think I've, I went, I think I've come to that decision, you know, you can't do everything yourself, okay? Because, because I'm two years in the business, you know, you're one of those start up your own business program or start your up your own business, and um, okay, everything is easy enough to start, and you're able to manage everything. But you know, your business grows and grows, and within these two years now, my business has grown drastically, and I've come to the stage, you know, I can't do this all by myself. And I think I've come to that decision, you know, I need to hire somebody uh, to offload that bit of workload. So, because I really don't want to give up Smiths, like Smiths, like security money every month. And I think I'm at that young age of, you know, maybe want to apply for a mortgage down the line and all that there. And I just, by the talk of everybody, you know, it's very, very hard to get a mortgage. And I think that security money is what I need. And I don't think, you know, the milk bar, I I don't think the milk bar, you know, it's not a full-time job, okay? Because it is self-service. I just need somebody to help me out, maybe two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening or something like that, uh, or do the delivery service for me. So I just, I've come to that decision, you know, I need to be on the outlook for somebody to help me with this because, you know, I can't do it all and I need to have a bit of me time and, you know, go and have fun and have a bit of a social life. You know, go and play that a bit of sports, do all this, uh, go out for a few drinks on Saturday and, you know, I've just realised I need to have a bit of me time because I am young, so I need to live life to the full. So I think that's the decision I've come to. What do you like best about working for Smiths? As I always sort of say, it's, that's my freedom. <laughs> I get away chatting. I love chatting to my farmers. Like, a lot of them have come uh, as my best friend. Um, like, I would just do anything for them. They would do anything for me. You go in, have a cup of tea. Like, you're not just there as a sales rep, uh, selling them products, picking up money. It's all about connections and a lot of us have got so close now really good friends with each other and you're in there for a chit chat what's the crack what have what have you been up to the last month and what's the goss and you know that's what it's all about it's about having fun, friends and having fun while you work that's what i really enjoy with smith is connections and communications with their good friendships with everybody and in relation to your own business have you a mentor or someone that you lean on for advice and support um I am very much my own boss, but I do have my parents and 
dad, he's very much involved in it all and I would rely on him and like, dad, what do you think? What should we do next? Oh, dad, you know, say Donegal Enterprise, you know, say I could get money, you know, we could expand, we could go down the route of making yogurt and cheese. Dad was like, you know what, Sean, just take a back seat a minute, do what you're doing, do the job right. And, you know, that's what we might do in a wee while, but, you know, you're still only a year and a half in business. Like, Shannon, just settle down a minute and get the job done right. So he is that kind of man that you sort of rely on and right say, right, buckle up or do this or what are you at? You know, we need to make more sales out there. Are you advertising? And, you know, he goes on about, oh, you know, their social media is very good and all. Like, oh, you seen that? And I said, Daddy, have you seen mine? <laughs> so we were going down to Cork there last week and I was like, Daddy, have you seen my social media recently? Like, so I made him go through my Facebook because he doesn't have Facebook. So I made him go on my phone and sit and look at it. I was like, you know, mine is better. <laughs> Just in relation to social media, it's a huge part of business these days, Shannon. Oh, you'd be lost without it. And like, I am so lucky, like for yourself, uh, doing these interviews and so lucky to have people wanting to put them in newspapers and all that. Every little counts, every bit little counts. And like, people tagging you. See, I would notice, right, okay, sales might be quiet here some days, right? You might have a new customer that came from Derry, for example, right? Came in, took a photograph, put it on Instagram, and boom, you might have 20 new followers. And then that weekend, you could be busy, really busy. Like, the cars keep coming in. And you're just like, that's a different crowd of people, okay? So my, I find, like, your social media only goes so far, right? You're, you keep reaching the same target, the same people, and once you reach one new person, that there's a whole new area of people that's seen your social media. So that's what you, re- you're, you're so, um, you really do rely on those people sharing and liking and posting about your business to really drive your business. That's what I find. Like you do really rely on social media. So, so is it important for you to be here and maybe meet your customer now and again? Oh yes, yes. Um, now like there. Since I've set up, like, there is a lot more Venom machines around the place. Um, like, there's one in Straban and all now. But, like, I would have a lot of Straban customers come to me. And I was like, oh, God, you know, you might leave me and go there. And they're like, no, Shannon. Like, you know, we like you as a person. And we like you. So we'll be coming to you still, no matter what. And that is, that's all about that connection. Like, Saturday and Sunday, you're down here stuck and not cleaning up the place. And you do meet your customers. And you do chit-chat. Where are you coming from today? And, oh, it's great weather. And, you know, you, you're surprised of how much that means to them. And, like, I suppose being a self-service business, you don't get to see them every day. Um, but when you are here, it means a lot to them. And they do say, oh, are you the owner? Oh, like, you know, I've seen you on Facebook or I've seen you on social media. Like, oh, so great to actually meet you. And that's where you all chit-chat. Like, and they do, they, your customers do love to see you and do interact with them. Like, it is amazing. Are you glad you made the move? I am glad I made the move. Like, Dad does still ask me, like, would you do it again? I definitely would do it again because I'm so young. Maybe I would have took a year out because I straight in after I finished my degree. And maybe I would have took a year out and did travel the world a little and lived life to the full. But I definitely would do this again. Yes. Like, I'm so lucky of the opportunities I've got out of it. Really, really am lucky. And the contacts that you have and being asked to be a judge and everything. That's just amazing. Like, just to be known and to be such an honour to be part of all that. Like, Would it be correct in suggesting that you find it difficult to switch off? Yes. Your, your brain just goes, goes, goes all the time. Like, you might... Like, 
uh, with Smith, I got the opportunity to go on a business trip to Greece. But And you've left dad in charge and I had somebody else here in charge when I was away. But with like you didn't get to turn off when you're away. Like You don't get to just, you know, switch off, turn the phone off. You still like, oh, his order's going out or his dad out there delivering. And you have a saying, oh, like, where's my milk? Or, you know what I mean? You just don't get to switch off. I remember... Um, obviously I just set up there September whatever that first year and I remember I must have had a holiday in May and I just prayed to dad I said daddy can you please just do everything like please don't torture me like can you just please try and run the place by yourself I said daddy I need a break I need to turn off because that first few months like it was just mental it was a lot to take in and your phone never stopped and I said daddy I just need to reset because like it does get a lot and you don't want to get fed up and tired of it because you want your business to keep going and keep going and thriving. So you do need that break. And that I remember then, I had that full week off. I remember I was at the airport then in Portugal, wherever I was. And I rang Dad. I was like, Daddy, you know, is everything okay? Like, I haven't heard from you. He says, well, you did tell me not to ring you. <laughs> but uh, no, you do need those breaks. You really do. But uh, And you probably do need to just turn off social media for that week. Um, but it is very hard to let go. It is it getting a wee bit easier to switch off? It is a wee bit easier, but I suppose with having the coffee shops now up and running, like this, my log cabin and the self-service vending machines, not they're running very smoothly now. It's the coffee shops now, okay? So like you, they, you've them texting, right, okay, I want uh, 60 litres today or I need this many litres tomorrow. And the, I think that's just an extra workload I've put on myself. Um, so it's like a sector I need now. <laughs> But no, well, I'll just probably find the balance and find like, like I was nearly running to them every day and now I just have a set day. It's like, right guys, I'm only delivering Tuesday and Saturday. Do you know, in that kind of way that I'm not spread myself out every single day. Like it's just impossible. So like now when you deliver Tuesday and Saturday, you know, right, I have a day packaging up milk and I have a day delivering and that's it. And you know, you plan your week around that and you plan your social life around all that. So that's what I've come to. So we're getting there. <laughs> and finally, Shannon, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Um, I really don't know. Um, I never really plan anything. It just all just happens. Um, now, I love my business to like this year I did plan, you know, I wanted to do ice cream and I wanted to get into more coffee shops. So like I have definitely got the ice cream. We've got that up and going there in Easter and I have got into more coffee shops. So probably if I do get more business that way. Um, but... Um, I don't know, maybe go down, I sort of was, when I was down there at Chagas Moor Park, I seen cheese making course, so you know, I might, that's in November, so I'm like, you know, maybe I'll go and do that course, you never know, I might go down the cheese route, you just don't know, so opportunities are still open. Watch this space. <laughs> yes. Sharon Porter, founder and owner of the Milk Bar and Carrigans, thanks for taking the time to Bye. talk to us on Business Matters. No, thank you very much. I appreciate it to be asked. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Shannon Porter. Thanks to Kevin Fury on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. Are you a graduate of a non-business discipline and would like to pursue a level nine in business? ATU Donegal are currently offering their Masters in Business Management Conversion Programme. 
Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie today.